0: Welcome back to the show. Today, we are speaking with David Wood, and we are talking all about the story that made you or the story that made him. This is such a fun, powerful episode, and you will be hearing from David again as he is already booked in for a second show because we were short on time, and I knew we had so much that we wanted to dive into. David is a former consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies. He built the world's largest coaching business, becoming number one on Google for life coaching and coaching thousands of hours in 12 countries around the globe, as well as helping others. David is no stranger to overcoming challenges himself, having survived a full collapse of his paraglider and a fractured spine, witnessing the death of his sister at age seven Experiencing anxiety and depression and a national gong show, which is you'll see on YouTube. He helps business owners and leaders become the badass leaders people want to follow in creating more authenticity, connection, confidence and revenue in their businesses. This is such a fun and powerful episode. Welcome to the show today, David. I'm so thrilled to have this conversation with you. Thank you. I'm excited
1: too. I love this, the title of your show, Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. I think it's a very powerful and little understood topic of what it means. So I am excited to get into this.
0: Oh, thank you. It's actually funny because I literally say those words saved my life like five years ago and it's funny how things get stuck in our head and it's like, just follow that gut. Now I look at it and I couldn't imagine it being named anything else because it makes total sense with everything that I do. And your story to me, from what I know of your story, ties so well into those words. And this is part of the conversation that I want to have with you today.
1: Well, that is fantastic. I just realized I forgot to hit record, so I'm hitting it now on my end. So, in case one of us says something profound,
0: in case it's going to happen, we know that. <laughs> Damn right, right, <laughs> it's going to happen. So, I would love it if you would just share a couple snippets about you, because I want to get into your story, overcoming adversity, and who you are and what you're doing in the world today. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Well. I started in a little country town in Australia where my main job was trying to avoid getting into a fight outside the pub every Friday night. <clears throat> and, um, looking back, I can see the development of David Wood. I had a tragedy when I was seven, my little sister was killed in a, in a bus accident. And I was there, I was seven years old. She was five. And I, I, I witnessed it. I, I saw it. Wow! And at the time, uh, you know i didn't think oh i'm experiencing trauma and i might need some help for this so i just grew up normally as far as i knew mm-hmm. but looking back and having done therapy and whatever it seems that i shut down my emotional side mm-hmm. and i got very good with the intellect so i i came top of my school i got paid to go to college i became an actuary which is which was Brutal, even even topping my school, it was just brutal qualifying as an actuary, and then I got a job transfer to New York Park Avenue at the age of twenty four, and I'm consulting to Ford and Exxon and Sony Music and Procter and Gamble. I was like, so that's the that's the upside of what happened, but I wasn't happy, mm-hmm. and I was having trouble uh, in my in my marriage. And I was having trouble emotionally, and so therapy really helped me start to reclaim those parts of myself, the emotional intelligence and how to feel and how to cry. And then when I discovered uh, personal development, I didn't want to do it because they all wore name tags and they smiled way too much. And I'm like, I don't believe this can be real. And uh, These are a bunch of self-help junkies, but I'm going to get in and get out because my marriage wasn't, wasn't working. And I wasn't, I wasn't really happy. And I thought, well, I, let's see what it's about. Thank God I did it. And kicking and screaming, I did it. And uh, I didn't want to do the second course either, but I just said, well, I'll just do one more and I'll be out. And then I started coaching s- uh, people during the course. I couldn't stop myself. People would, would be stuck. And uh, I ended up helping someone. Uh, she changed her life overnight. Um, by revealing something to her husband she'd been keeping a secret for 10 years. Mm. And she came back and reported that they felt like they were floating in love six feet above the ground for the first time in 10 years. And I'm like, I want more of that. So I quit my job, which seemed like crazy. I quit this cushy consulting job, moved Mm. back to Australia. And after a few fun detours as a professional entertainer, I um, got myself in a coaching program and I got myself certified and that was in 1998. I started coaching and I just, I don't think I'll ever stop. Mm -hmm. I've had detours of published books and I'm I'm a speaker. And right now I'm in Hollywood, Los Angeles as an actor, Mm -hmm. but I, it's, it's part of who I am as I learn things and I learn how to both use the left brain to double business and revenue and like that, but also use the emotional side to open up and feel and be human so that we can really live our lives. I find that, um, I want to share it. I want to share that with people. So I can't, I just can't ever see myself stopping coaching the long answer to a question.
0: Oh, it's not a long answer. It's fantastic. As I'm listening to it. Um, it's even if you, as if you paint the picture there 1998, you started coaching. That was far ahead of what we see normally. Like that's, it is such a, such a big field right now. You said personal development, you went kicking and screaming, but you did it anyways. Was it a, was it your idea? And B, was it that I knew I wanted something different? So like if, explain mm. the kicking and screaming part and then still choosing to go.
1: I, I like that. Um, I was complaining about my wife
0: mm-hmm.
1: and someone said, you know, she should go and do the Landmark Forum, mm-hmm. this course. And when she told me a bit more about it, like she said, things like, you know, you get to a point in the course where you realize that you are truly alone and then blah. And she just kept on talking. And as she was talking, I was like, I think I could use that. Mm-hmm. And I would had a taste of personal growth. I'd had a taste of true connection when I was 17. I got accepted for a Rotary scholarship. It's called RILA, Rotary Youth Leadership Award.
0: I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I do know. Yes.
1: I got in through huge luck. Um, they just needed two people. And my dad was having a beer with the guy who selected people. And and he said, well, what about David? And he's like, all right, boom, I'm in. And that was a week of connection. Like, a, oh, I'm getting a little emotional, just thinking about connection like I'd never had. I was quite isolated. I was your average kid. I read books a lot, um, but I didn't really have a lot of express love in my life. And these people were so wonderful and it was so much fun and it moved me. Straight away, I applied to be a a leader uh, because you can be a counselor for it only the next year, but I was so young. I was one of the youngest people ever to do it And they said, you're a bit young. You made the short list, but we can't do it. So I never got to do that. So that was the end of my personal development streak. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until age 23, 24, when someone was telling me about this, I'm like, let me just see what this is about. Thank God. Mm -hmm. I mean, since then I thought Landmark was the be all and end all. But since then I've had so many other teachers and coaches and it's a... and now even my acting journey is a is a journey into who i am and and what i'm feeling and how to express it's a lifelong quest and i'm sure i'm i'm preaching to the choir here with you
0: oh it's it actually you made me think of um thank you for sharing all that with me i did i grew up with a lot of challenges from a young age right i think a lot of us have had different experiences and I think I was 12 or 13 years old and in school, I won a chance to go to a leadership conference, which was very much like Ryla and how they like it, the same kind of format in the sense. No, I didn't travel to a place, but we went to a retreat. I think it was like five days. I guarantee you those five days at 13 years old changed me. And I don't think I realized it until later. And then in my probably 30s and 40s, I did do some different network marketing. And my big thing about there was I learned things about personal development, about myself that were so, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I know that they are lessons that continue to play out today. So I'm all for being a learner, a student and integrating it into our life, not just like Mm. taking it in, but integrating it.
1: You know, hearing that, I just made a connection I've never made in my life. Um, I coach leaders. Mm-hmm. I coach business owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, I coach executives, of, you know, vice presidents at um, Warner Brothers. And I said, I said to myself like four years ago, I said, do I know anything about leadership? I suspect I do. But if I do, I don't know that I do. And I kept sitting with this for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and I, you know, I've been training in emotional intelligence and vulnerability and transparency. And, um, and I was a motivational speaker and I was, and I was like, do I know? And I'm like, and I asked my friends and, you know, we kept going. It turns out I do. Turns out my whole life was, you know, every time I'm coaching someone, I'm leading them somewhere when mm-hmm. we're always leading ourselves. And then if you're going to speak on stage, you're leading the audience
0: 100%. And leadership,
1: yeah, and leadership, my definition is hey, over there is better than over here. Who's with me oh. and and even even on the um, on my book, and I don't know we're going to get to it, but I have this beautiful quote by uh, Shannon Muir, who's a vice president at Warner Brothers. David's approach connected the dots between who I am and how I lead. And I never ever thought, you know what? At age seventeen, I did the Rotary Youth Leadership Award, RILA, which is all about the heart and and connection. Yeah. And and then here I am now at age fifty three, uh, coaching and leadership. And I didn't trace it back to that. I um. I was going to say I should drop them a note, but in in Bali when I was living there for a few years, I saw this uh, Indonesian man with a with a t-shirt that said Ryla. And I I grabbed him. I said, and he, and there was a local chapter and I went and offered to come and speak about my experience and how it impacted mm-hmm. my life. So I did thank them and, and made a donation. So thanks for helping me make that. You're connection.
0: so welcome. You're so welcome. I have often said, I wish that most kids could have the experience that I did at a young age, because I think what it does with we can't lead anyone. If we can't lead ourselves, it's not possible. We have to lead ourselves first. And so when you're in that experience, you also start to recognize there is actually more outside of myself. Like when you're 12 and 13, even to 17, it gets really easy to get thinking that like the world revolves around me. And because that's how we think when we're younger, but being in these experiences allow us to see outside of ourselves and to see what else is available and how we can all make a difference in the world.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So many things to talk about. So let's just for a second, I want to ask you um, you are definitely about like transparency, honesty, vulnerability, letting people see who you are. Again, preaching to the choir, it like those words changed my life and they brought the most incredible people into my life. But there's so many risks that are involved and people are so afraid to do it how speak to someone who's listening, who says, yeah, I wish I could show up and be the real me, but I can't, I'm too afraid.
1: It can be terrifying. Mm -hmm. We've got all this learned behavior. You know, I wasn't asked as a kid, David, how are you feeling in your body? What's, what's, what's happening with, with you? And I call these experiences, uh, you know, anything we're feeling in the body, any emotion we've got, any thought we've got, I call them mice Mm -hmm. and I call it because um, we all know about the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. You see it. I see it. No one's saying anything. Okay. We should address the elephant in the room, but what if we don't know if the other person sees it? What if it's just something going on with us? We need a a term for it. So I call them mice and that's why my book's called mouse in the room because the elephant isn't alone.
0: And I love this picture here because you've got, like, you can see the elephant, but I love that explanation. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah. And and I didn't intend it, but on the book, if, if you can see the video now, you'll see there's a huge elephant, mm-hmm. but the book's called Mouse in the Room. And there's a little mouse in the, oh, you got to look for it. Mm-hmm. It's subtle. So my parents didn't say like, how are you feeling in your body? Uh, you know, you, you seem angry. You're feeling angry. Say more about that. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a thing. So we learn not to express ourselves and we find out if we do actually bring it to our conscious awareness and we name it like, you know what? I felt really insulted in what you said in that meeting last week. Mm-hmm. We know it may not go well. The person might have their own reactions and if it's if it's our boss, maybe our job's on the line mm-hmm. uh, in in relationship, if we broke an agreement, let's suppose let's take an extreme situation, you cheated. Mm-hmm. or maybe you spent something you spent some money on some on something that you shouldn't have and you kept it a secret because you don't you don't want to deal with it there's so many situations where it can actually be very scary we don't know what's going to happen so let's break it down fear of loss i might lose my job i might lose this relationship i might lose respect this person might badmouth me and hurt my reputation which which you know it's primal. We going back to caveman days, if we were kicked out of the tribe, mm-hmm. we would die. So there's a lot in us saying, no, don't, don't say it, and we haven't been trained. We don't have a roadmap on how to say it. Mm-hmm. So um for someone who's who's like, oh, but i I want to use a concrete example. Um,
0: well, I think one of the things that I, I talk a lot about like our shame stories, the things that we call shame right? Yeah. The things that, the experiences that we've had. And because we don't use a voice and we don't share the experiences that we've come through, because we're afraid of what others are going to think. We only further isolate ourselves and make us feel like we're the only person in the world okay. who's struggling. Well,
1: let's, I'll, so I'll come up with an example from my life about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't go into the details because that's private, but I, I can still tell about the story. So when I was when I was uh, a teenager, I did something that was illegal, and it didn't seem like a big deal at the time. But but later in life, I was like, you know that that was wrong,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, and it and it could have it could have hurt somebody, and so I've just felt bad about it for years, and I, I had to do a lot of work to to clear the shame and the guilt, including tracking down the person and apologizing. Wow. So okay, we could we could start with that one then. Uh, no, I'll work up to it. Um I wanted to track down the person, apologize, but I didn't uh I didn't know how to how to reach them, so I had to reach out to my family. Mm-hmm. And so I had to admit this to my family, and it was just a horrendous. I was worried about about being rejected mm-hmm. and being um and having a really horrible reaction. And so you know, if you're scared of something like this, I, in the book I outline the 3D process, and the first D is for discover. You want to discover what's going on for you. I have shame about this. I feel guilt. These are all mice. I'm worried that you're going to reject me as your son. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm worried about prosecution. I'm worried that that I go to jail because I I I could have done jail time for it. Mm-hmm. So it's good to get clear. And there's a worksheet. Um, actually at mouseintheroom.com, there's a free worksheet you can download that'll take you through this. So you've got to get clear for yourself. That's one of the reasons it's so scary. You don't know what's going on. So work out your mice. And then the second D is for decide. Is this a mouse worth naming? Should I share it? And it'll take you through questions like, Okay, what's the downside? All right. We just went through that prosecution, rejection, ostracism. Um, you get clear on it. Mm-hmm. What's the upside? Often we forget, we, we miss that. The brain will miss that. What's the upside of naming this, coming clean? Okay. I, I could be free for the first time in 30, 40 years. I could, um, it's good Practice of doing something scary because I know it's it's good for me in the world. I could uh feel more connected with the person. I could make a difference in their life by uh, by apologising. What well, so we're still talking about about my family. So you know I, I could I could just be more seen and known and have a chance for real love mm. because if you have secrets and people know the front that you're presenting to the world, which all of us are presenting some kind of a front.
0: You Every think single one, yeah, we all Every are, including person. me, mm-hmm. right?
1: And the game is: can I keep spotting it, and then choose if I'm going to reveal that mouse? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, all of the, so you generate the upside of everything that could happen, and then you weigh it up: am I willing to accept these consequences? Mm-hmm. And and this is not complex, but you need to know the steps; otherwise, it could be a train wreck. Am I willing to accept the consequences? And And uh, let's jump now to actually tracking down the person and apologizing. I could have been prosecuted. So one consequence was prison time. Mm -hmm. And it took me 10 years, but I finally decided I am willing, if that's what it takes to apologize and to have this freedom and to maybe make a difference for them, Mm -hmm. I'm willing because that's who I am in the world and I'll I'll do it. And that, that took some working up. So I want to give everyone an extreme example because then something like, oh, I'm just going to tell someone I feel betrayed or that I want something different in the bedroom, that should seem a lot easier to you. Yes. So you do, you decide, and if you decide, yes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to do it, then the third D in the 3D process is to disarm. You want to disarm the person so that they're well-positioned to receive it. They've got context. They know what's going on. You know. Otherwise, it could be an absolute train wreck. And that includes things like sharing your why, mm-hmm. Hey, I'd like to talk to you about X and here's why, because, you know, I want to make a difference for you, or I, I want to live a life of integrity, or I want us to have a great working relationship, or I want our sex life to be better than it is, whatever. Some positive intention is going to make a huge difference. And if you have a little vulnerability, if there's something you're afraid of, like you're nervous about it, you can maybe even share that. I'm nervous about it <clears throat> because I'm, I'm worried that maybe you'll take offense or you'll feel attacked. It's not my intention, but I do want to share it because of this why. Mm-hmm. Huge difference. Then you want to get consent. Is that okay? Are you open to talking about it? <clears throat> do you have a few minutes now? Could be a simple version. Is now a good time? You get consent. Someone said, yeah, bring it. Huge difference to what one of my colleagues did, and this is one of my colleagues who trains in authentic relating, teaches it. Said, "Hey, we need to talk. I'm pissed. Yeah, we 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 don't want to do that. Or, hey, Mary, I, I I cheated on you five years ago. No, we don't want to do that. Or, hey, I just I just can't be a, around you because you stink. You stink of cigarettes, and I just can't. No, we're not going to do that." We're going to disarm the person. So mm-hmm. if you follow the three D's, um, even for something as terrifying as risking losing your job or your marriage or your um, and I've got stories about each one of those mm-hmm. job or your marriage or, or or your freedom, then um things can go a lot better. Now you may decide, I want to I wanna say this, Marsh, you may decide not to name the mouse. Still valuable doing the worksheet. I call them mirror mice. Just for you, so you know, okay, yeah, this is what's going on. This is a secret that I'm holding, or this is the withhold I have, or this is the desire mouse I have, or this is the toleration mouse I have. Now, at least I'm clear on what's going on. That's a win to have the clarity, whether or not you you, you name the mouse.
0: That is such a huge win. And I thank you for how you laid that out. And you really just gave such a great, simple context. We'll make sure everything is connected in the show notes, but I love this piece on mirror mice. So I like to, I mean, I've, I've shared my vulnerable story many times and I invite people. I have people come into my space that share it all the time. And, but people say, but I don't want to share my story like openly and publicly. And I'm like, you don't have to. But if your story holds you back from showing up and living your life the way that you want to, and the way that you deserve to, then it is holding you back. Even if yes. you don't, even if you don't share it publicly and that's mirror mice. I love how you just, I love that just clicked for me with mirror mice. I love that.
1: Miracles
0: mm-hmm.
1: can happen. The kind of magic that we watch movies to see, we see that that great feeling at the ending when someone was vulnerable and whatever. That's possible right here today in your life. Mm-hmm. The barrier is all this, oh, no, that's not going to work. That's going to be uncomfortable. They'd never take it well. It's going to mm-hmm. be a disaster. That's the barrier. If you're willing to download the damn form at mouseintheroom.com and work through the worksheet and take a risk, mm-hmm. to name it, miracles can happen. I'm going to rattle off. I just, It just loaded up in my brain, so I'm going to rattle them off. Um, I called a bully from high school that that bullied me and I hated him for years. I called him Mm -hmm. to name my mice, uh, the girl who dumped me when I was 15, twice gave me the cold shoulder, resented her for years, called her the boss that I sued five, 10 years later. I thought, is there any bad will there? I wonder if there is. And if I, if I could clean that up, called him. These are very, very, very scary, terrifying calls for me. Mm -hmm. And I did them and each one was a miracle. Each one was like an apology or what can I do now to help us move forward? I got a friend out of one of the calls. Uh, My boss shared something about his divorce. He'd never told me anything personal. We had this deep conversation. I'm like, What just happened? Mm -hmm. Miracles happen. And speaking of own your choices, own your life. um, I didn't share details from that earlier story, but I I just thought, what is something that I do have some embarrassment and shame about? And I will own it by sharing it now. When I was mm, 19, I had my first serious girlfriend. And uh, I got drunk at a work party and slept with someone else. Mm-hmm. And when I woke up, I, I was hungover and horrified. And, uh, you know, you think that was an easy mouse to name? To say, hey, I cheated and I am beyond sorry. I feel terrible and I will do whatever it takes to make it up to you and earn your trust. Mm-hmm. That was a difficult conversation. And and I'm saying it now on air Partly because uh, I realize I may well be judged. People will be like, "I cheated," you know what? A horrible person. Um, I own it. That was my choice. I did that, mm-hmm. and I made it right. And eventually, we did get married, and um, and I can't even imagine not having named that mount. She broke up with me, mm-hmm. as she should, and I had to earn her trust back, and I did. And and today. I mean, that was a long time ago. Today, we're we're not married, but I like to say I'm happily divorced to a wonderful woman. And I recently went and stayed with her and her new husband and her six-year-old boy who calls me Uncle David.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Miracles can happen if you're willing to have the courage to follow the 3D process.
0: I love all of that. Thank you for sharing that. And it's so, when you learn to own that mouse, when you learn to own that piece, like you create freedom for yourself and you're not holding it, you're not carrying it. It's not defining you in the same way. The other piece that I think is um, important that I want to ask you is I'm assuming when you're doing this, like when, when we're talking about sharing these vulnerable parts and we're, we're talking about putting ourselves out there And doing it, we also have to go in with the expectation that we we're not attached to how this person responds, because we also know every time we put ourselves out there doesn't mean that the person's going to be meeting us with open arms and say, thank you so much for being open and honest. You might get there eventually or not, but the expectation piece as humans, we put such a. Expectation of how it's supposed to go, and when yeah. it doesn't, then we think, "Oh, we we failed, or I've screwed up again."
1: Yeah, that's where I I really believe this second D of the process decide mm-hmm. when when you fill in the form and it, and you list the negative consequences, like what could go wrong, and I'll give an example um, of an action that I'm concerned about right now. I'm in an acting class. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's pretty serious stuff It's 7 to 11 p.m., 7 p.m. to 11 p.m., two nights a week. It's really hard for my body, hard for my nervous system. And I, you know, I still deal with with fatigue and it messes up my day. I've made a choice and they, they, they say you have to show up to the whole class. There's no leaving early. I've made a choice to leave class by nine o'clock each time. And I'm worried about it like, what are the consequences? Now I've, I've named my mice and I, I've, i well, you know what? No, I, I'm getting an insight. So this is good. I've told the teachers and I've told the stage managers, so they understand. And they've said, okay, just let us just text me each time you're going to leave. So every time I have to text, I'm out good night. But what I'm worried about, they just promoted someone from the intermediate class to the advanced class And last night, it was everyone applauded and it was huge. And it was like a graduate, it was a graduation. And I realized they might hold me back and say, this guy isn't serious. Mm -hmm. So I'm worried about that. They might say, you can't continue this class if you're not going to do the whole thing. And I might have to switch to a daytime class or I might have to find another school. So I have concerns about that. And I have mocked up the consequences and I have decided that I'm willing to accept those. That's the owning your choices. And then you don't have to be as worried, you know, okay, I wish it didn't happen, but if that's how it is, and I call that dignity, owning your choices is a place to stand that says my voice matters and this is right for me. Other people may freak, but this is right for me. And I call that dignity. And the insight I just had is I have not shared my mice. Mm -hmm. this is weighing on me and I haven't shared my mice and what I'm going to do now. And I commit to this right here is I'm going to sit down with each of the teachers and say, notice I've been worried. I love this. My mice are popping up right now. So I'm just going to name them um, instead of filling in the form. I love this school Mm -hmm. and I feel very committed, hugely committed to my career and to my training and it's just brutal on my body and my nervous system i don't yet know how to stay up till 11 and do these classes and it is not fun at all so what i'm what i've been doing now is leaving by 9 unless i have a scene that i have to stay for is i'm coming showing up on time i'm leaving by 9 to take care of myself and i'm worried that someone's going to say you can't say you can't train in this school mm-hmm. And if you um, and I'm happy to supply a doctor's note if that'll make a difference so you know it's not laziness. but I noticed I've been concerned about that and I just wanted to say it and see is is that a risk? Is that a possibility or is there someone else I need to speak to, I can handle that so it's not constantly weighing on me.
0: I I love this real-time real life, um, sharing that you're doing because it's relatable to so many people. And I'm just going to say as my own, like two cents, I think it's really powerful when you own what works for you. When you're like, you own that piece of it. If you asked me to be in something very intense until 11 PM every night, it would kill my nervous system. <laughs> and to be honest, it's just, that's me. You want me to start at five or six in the morning, probably could do it. But nighttime is not. I just. I am not at my best. Not even close. But learning to respect that, not judge that, I think is really powerful, and that's a very powerful share. Um, so thank you for sharing that.
1: You're welcome. I'm so pleased that I discovered it. Like as mm-hmm. I was saying it, I said I've named my mice, and I'm like, no, Wait, I, have I to haven't you. told them my experience. I've said I've said I have a health issue. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes need to leave early. And, and, you know, one, t- I said that to one teacher and she was okay. The other teacher just asked me as I was leaving once, where are you going? And I said, I have a health, health issue, but I haven't actually really sat down and said, I notice I'm worried. I'm worried, worried about losing my place in the class because it means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think that could be quite transformative. That conversation to let them know that because he may, he, one of the teachers may not know that. No. I ha- he, he hasn't seen me do, he's only seen me do one scene. The other teacher's seen me do eight. So mm-hmm. she totally gets who I am in the class. He doesn't mm-hmm. because I haven't shown myself. Mm-hmm. I haven't let him know. I'm absolutely committed. I've got 12 scenes on the books right now. He doesn't know that. And so this is, I'm very excited wow. to, to have spotted that.
0: I love the, this is such a great conversation. And before I take it to the next thing, are you able to tell us like what you are, like what acting wise have you, are you working towards? What is something that you've been part of anything you want to share in there? Cause I'm just curious. Thank
1: you. I love being asked about acting Uh, last July. So a year ago, someone, um, I finally spoke a, a dream that I I had. And I didn't even identify with it as a dream. I'd just been thinking for 10 years, one day, I'd like to be professionally trained as an actor and go and do auditions and live that life. And um, it was a one day thing. And then finally, I, I, I only got a year lease on my last place in, in Boulder, Colorado. And I thought, well, I don't want to move into a place for just one year, but then I'm into efficiency. I'm like, Maybe it's time to finally move to Hollywood and do that. So I mentioned it to a friend and she said, I did that. And uh, we got talking and a week later, she called me and said, I'm going to audition for Dracula, uh, a play that they're producing in Denver. Do you want to come with me? And part of me said, are you crazy? I haven't done a class yet. I'm not going to do that. And another part of me said, this is the universe knocking. This This is how it goes. So I uh, you know, I prepped probably more than anybody else for that audition. And I went and I read for four different roles. I memorized the lines and I thought I could have a chance at one of the smaller roles. I thought I'd actually be really good at a couple of them. One of them I thought I could do this Professor Van Helsing in my sleep. Mm-hmm. Well, they they offered me the lead. I play I played Dracula for, you know, your for first tw-
0: acting experience, really. You play Dracula. Wow.
1: Yeah. I'd done four short films over 20 years. I'd, you know, someone was doing a project and I jumped in. And so I'd, I'd had that experience. I hadn't done a play and, um, I was like, I don't know if I know how to act, but yeah, over 12 weeks and I got paid. It was a professional production. Some of those, some of those actors had been acting for years and had never been paid for it. So it was a big deal for all of us. And then I kept, I, I got a coach. Um, I did the things you do. I know how to grow a business. I know how to how to do that. So I got I got a little bit of training and I went and did six short films, ended up getting paid for the last two, and then I did two commercials. I was so thrilled to be on it. Come on, do it. It was a lifetime goal of mine. I got two commercials and rocked it.
0: Good for you. Not just
1: did it, but they said. That's just amazing. They're like, come over here and look at this footage. This is so good. This is amazing. So it really helped my confidence. And uh, and now I've moved uh two, two months ago, two and a half months ago, I moved to Hollywood and I'm doing the um this scene study class where you don't get exercises to do. They don't, hey, go and do this exercise. No, you prepare a scene, you rehearse 10 to 20, 30, 40 hours. And then you present it in a professional theater on stage to the class and the teacher and the teacher critiques you. And so i that's what I'm doing. I've got rehearsal tonight. Tomorrow night, I'm doing a 20-minute scene. I've got six minutes of monologues in this scene. And I love it.
0: How it's awesome so is this? Like, this is just like, it's so... I love how you've shared everything and it's taken you into like something that you absolutely love. And this is the thing, right? It doesn't age means nothing when you actually start to follow what lights you up, like the doors start to open and sometimes they open and it's like, damn, that opened fast. Now what? Like now what? And it just keeps opening.
1: And I I've just started, I just got new headshots and I've just started um, auditioning now that I'm getting more settled in Los Angeles. And I got two, live auditions and uh the second one was for a game show with Jay Leno and uh and I, I got it they said all right you're you're on so we filmed that last week and it was very exciting to meet Jay and to be on a studio and and do all that. I can't share the outcome until the show airs but um yeah things are things are, are really heating up and I've I'm finding the depth to it. I'm finding I'm motivated I'm finding I'm lit up during rehearsal i love directing and producing it. i'm like i got to get three more students to do this we've got to set rehearsals up how are we going to do two flashbacks on stage when this is written for you know for for, for uh for tv mm-hmm. and like work and all that it's very exciting
0: this is so awesome again I, we're our time is going to be short and i know that but i so appreciate all of your time can i ask you you speaking of you just said game show you were on a national gong show. Is that correct?
1: I was, I was on the Australian version. It was, okay. Hey, Hey, it's Saturday. Uh, it was a segment called red faces and you do an act and, you know, they might gong you in the first two seconds uh, and, you know, or if you're really lucky, you'll last a minute. And yeah. yes, I did that about 25 years ago. Cause I wanted to promote my entertainment business. I was playing guitar and singing. Mm-hmm. And so my act was called Mr. Woody. And, uh, And I actually went, that was one of the most terrifying things I have ever done. I'm not a strong singer. And I was wearing a kilt and I seriously, I was so scared in the green room. I started worrying about losing bladder control and three drops came out. Oh, crap. And I'm wearing a kilt. (laughs) You think that calmed my nerves? No. (laughs) I was national television. Am I going to? piss my pants i fortunately i am a very practical man and i had my overnight bag with me because they'd flown me to melbourne australia for this i put on two extra pairs of underpants in the hope that if i did pee myself they might you know soak it up um i might have stuffed some toilet paper down there as well I'm yeah sorry
0: for laughing i could just picture oh it. but i'm, I'm sure it's
1: hilarious <laughs> now
0: Oh, it's hilarious. And it was like, literally, I mean, I grew up in the gong show, like we're in the same age bracket here. Okay. So there are people who might be listening, going gong show. What's that? (laughs) Listen. So if you're like, if you're in a space of going to do something, you're not totally comfortable in, and you're going on a show that gongs you when they don't want like think of think of it's like an ultimate rejection feeling to work through so you did that 25 years ago like that's seriously that's yeah
1: if you if you search for david wood mr woody Mm -hmm. on youtube you'll you'll find a little clip uh of me in a kilt singing uh dressed as one of the proclaimers and singing in in a in a very bad scottish accent oh i love the book and i did well i won't (laughs) tell you how long i lasted you'll you'll have to see
0: Okay. I will, I will definitely watch. Um, shifting another, if I am okay to ask you, because you are a person who has overcome a lot of adversity in your life, but to me and to me, I look at it and go like everything that you've come through, you're creating something, you're stepping into a higher level, you're stepping into a different level of yourself. Like you're using these experiences and they're helping you to become an even better, stronger person. However you want to say that, that can create more impact. You had a very serious injury. You had a very what how old were you when you fractured your spine? Yeah. With a paraglide.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll share that story. And then I do need to go because I know a prep I know. for clients and for scenes. Um yeah, you know, it actually wasn't that serious of an injury. I did fracture my spine, but it was like a the good fracture, if if there is such a thing. And there, I'm sure there is such a thing. I was, um, I've, I'm an adventurer. Mm-hmm. So if I'm scared of something, I lean into it, which is why I've done so many of these courageous conversations and mouse naming because I'm, I notice the fear and I, I want to conquer the fear. Mm-hmm. So I'm scared of heights. So I became a certified paragliding pilot, and I had one experience in Bali where I had a full collapse. I was 300 feet above the ocean. Had a full collapse. And I managed to reinflate the glider at 80 feet oh. above the ocean, and so I really, really came close to dying that day. I walked away from that that one, and then a year or two later, I was in Colombia, paragliding in the mountains, and I'd come down to land on top of a mountain. I was, and I had the had this guide in in my ear, um, you know, watching me and and coaching me, and he told me not to land down the bottom because it was a bit too dangerous with the condition. So I'd land on top. I was one foot above the ground and then a bubble of air caught me and took me up. And I had a partial collapse and I fell 15 feet under my butt.
0: Oh, directly. That's
1: not something you ever want to do. So um, yeah. there was screaming involved. There was agony. and I've, And I've got the video and I've never... Gone and edited the video. I don't know why, but I've got the video and I wanted to to edit it because within seconds of the screaming stopping, I said, It's okay. I know what this is because I'd actually fractured my spine in a parkour accident a few years earlier and I could wiggle my toes and I was like, You know, I may have a compression fracture. I've got massive contusions for sure. There's going to be bleeding and bruising, but I'm okay. And I had a wonderful day. It was a wonderful experience, except the worst part, there's a theme I'm detecting here. I had to pee.
0: There's the theme.
1: I had to pee my whole life. I had to pee. I'd been flying for an hour or two. Mm -hmm. And then they put, they had me wait. I had to wait for an hour in a shed alone on a stretcher for the ambulance to come and find me. And I was busting to go. And then in the ambulance, they tried to. Uh, they'd stop the ambulance and I kept on saying in Spanish, tengo que orinar, tengo que orinar. I knew the language. They rolled me, two people rolled me over, kept my head uh, steady, gave me a bottle, unzipped my fly and then looked away to give me some privacy in the back of the ambulance. I couldn't go. but You had to go, but you couldn't. I had to go so bad I couldn't go. It was a horrible sensation. <laughs> I did that twice. And here's the irony. Because because I was trying to do a cross-country flight that, that day and peeing in the air is a nightmare. It's a nightmare. I've tried so many different ways. I was wearing an adult diaper. Uh-huh. Yes, I'm owning my choice, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a practical man. I was wearing an adult diaper, hoping that I'd get to fly long enough that I'd need to use it. So I'm lying there in the ambulance. I could just pee into the diaper. hmm and I couldn't, my body would not, I had years of training and not peeing while I'm wearing clothes. And so my body wouldn't do it. That was the worst part of it. Finally, when I got to the hospital and after all trying to tell them, this is a rush, you've got to make, help me stand up all of this red tape. And they're like, Oh, we can't do it. They left me alone with a blanket and a bottle for five minutes. That's all it took.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was perhaps, It'd be up there in my top five best experiences in the world, being able to pee. I was worried about my bladder rupturing, which I understand is an incredibly painful, painful. experience
0: Yeah, I've as, heard n- as
1: nurse Jackie would know.
0: As, oh, um, and can we just for a second, why you yeah. said nurse Jackie? Cause yeah. <laughs> we started the podcast and the first thing that um, David said to me is you look really familiar and yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I thought we'd met. Mm-hmm. I thought we'd met and mm-hmm. turns out we hadn't because you look like an actress. So yeah, nurse Jackie would know. I was terrified about that. So I wasn't worried about the fractured spine and I healed and I'm walking and I'm well. It was actually, people think, oh, that must've been a horrible experience. No, what happens to us is not what gives us the experience. It's our mindset and our attitude around it. And I had a lovely time. People were so nice to me.
0: Amazing. Amazing. So, How yeah. we respond, right? How we respond is literally what it all comes down to. I yeah. know you have to run two quick things. I will make sure everything is in the show notes. Where is the best place for people to connect, learn more about you, your book most in the room. Where is it?
1: Thank you. And I'm just writing down the time reference. Cause I love, I want to get the clip from that story. It's a good one about the spinal <laughs> injury and the ruptured bladder. Um, Yeah, if you, if you, I'll tell you where to get the book and where to go if you're, same place if you're interested in coaching with me, Mm mouseintheroom.com. It's for parents, friends, partners, and leaders. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's actually for humans, but there's a chapter, there's a chapter for each, each of those categories of people to make it specific for you. Mm -hmm. Great for, for managers and leaders and, and teams mouseintheroom.com, you can get it, uh, you know, the electronic version, or you can get the the print version and it's on uh, Amazon. Mm -hmm. Also at mouseintheroom.com is the 3D process, the 3D worksheet. It's a really simple worksheet, print off 20 copies and have that handy. That's free. And then if you're interested in coaching with me, I mainly coach business owners Mm -hmm. uh, who are up and running, already successful, usually at least 150,000 in revenue and you want to, yeah, you want to double your business. You probably want to simplify life and focus better. You want to free up more time mm-hmm. so that you can live the life you're really meant to live. And that's where it gets interesting. Cause I deal with the whole person, not just your business, but mm-hmm. as you got from this conversation, who you are. Someone said to me recently, it was the nicest thing. No, he posted this on a public forum. He said, it feels more like I've hired Yoda than mm-hmm. a business coach. I was like, yes. thank you. Yes, that's what we're going for. Um, and you go to mouseintheroom.com and click in the in the menu for coaching and you can apply for a free session. I don't charge for that because it's how I find the right people to work with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mouseintheroom.com.
0: I will make sure that's all shared. Um, absolutely love this conversation. I have no doubt we could chat for a very long time. Um, okay. I, yes, I have no doubt. Last quick question. What lesson in life are you most grateful for?
1: That it's all okay. Mm-hmm. Even when it seems like it's not, and the mind and the nervous system, and maybe other people are, are screaming at us and saying this is wrong. Mm-hmm. It's not true. And I forget from time to time, but I got that um from my many teachers, and particularly Byron Katie. And you know, I couldn't get it by reading something, I couldn't get it intellectually, I had to get it uh, from some kind of immersion with Mm -hmm. my, my teacher, my coach. And I got, you know, my friend said to me after, after an immersion I had, don't you just know that no matter what happens, that that's actually all okay. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, I think I do get that. And I'm glad that you asked me this so I can remind myself right now that even when I think, oh, that's wrong, that's a problem. Ah, that's the ego going off. Mm-hmm. Now, if you do your work, you can get to a point always, same, spinal injury. Mm-hmm. I have a spinal injury, screaming in agony, lying here in, in Colombia, and it's all okay. Yeah, so yeah. that's something I, I, um, I love being able to bring to my clients because we all forget.
0: We all forget. And that's a superpower. I literally say that's a superpower. It is like a perspective. If you can learn to shift that quickly, that is really powerful. Thank you so much for everything that you shared for the entertaining conversation, honestly, and so much value, honestly, grateful. I will put everything in your show notes and I've enjoyed this time with you today.
1: Oh, I've loved this. I'm pulling out four or five video clips from this. Sometimes I, I pull out none. It's like, you know, everything I've said is kind of similar. No, there's so much you you're good. You've got a gift, my friend. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You're good.
0: I'm going to receive this. This is like podcasting is one of my favorite things in the world to do. So I honestly, I will receive it and very grateful.